Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. All right, so today we're humbled to once again be in the presence of the greatest powerlifter in the world, Mr. Ed Cohn. Welcome back, Ed. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Thanks for coming, coming back on and, and tolerating us once again. <laughs> yeah, that's so, pretty easy. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Um, so today what we want to do is go through uh, what we call power personalities, world champion powerlifters that you guys have, have known and, and uh, even competed with over the years. And, um, and you know, Marty does a lot of uh, articles on these guys, and we've got a bunch on our, our website. And we get a lot of comments. Um, you know, these were, got, these were po pioneers, power pioneers, and it's all the different things are just interesting how these guys came up, their lifting styles, their personalities, uh, little stories that, that Marty has and Ed, I know that you have that nobody's ever heard heard before so that's what we kind of want to get into today sure. yeah. it might be a reason we're, not all of them just just we're just discussing the legal ones so you can't uh, can't get into everything i guess um the names um, have been changed to protect the innocent yeah <laughs> to protect the, to protect the guilty yeah <laughs> allegedly hey, hey a quick question here and uh so before we begin, I want to ask you guys if there were um, like maybe a few commonalities that most of these guys might have. Like, were they like super mega J alpha dogs? <clears throat> JP, with all yeah. due respect, that's a great question to ask when we're done. Well, I wanted to kind of ask it in the because yeah, so could you could you get just ask us about somebody and then this will emerge as we. All right. Into it, right. Well, keep that in mind. What might be some commonalities as we go through? Because I'm interested to see, you know, what that might be. So let's start with uh, Bill Kazmaier. Ed. So go ahead. Take it away, baby. <laughs> well, for, I mean, Kaz is the only power lifter with one name, kind of like Cher. But yes. uh, he was. <laughs> well, well, you also he, have, you also have Cam. No, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he was. I mean, he was larger than life to everyone for the for the strength community. He was our like you know he was our superhero for years and years and years. Um, well, and he, then uh, as he, as with he, he inspired you, right? I mean, you saw him on TV that time. Yeah, and I I thought you know I could be that big and strong and not have to diet and have to worry about. Uh, posing on stage and all this stuff. So uh, that's when I tried powerlifting and I just, that's when I fell in love with it. And, and you've developed over the years a personal relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kez is actually a pretty good guy. <laughs> and I can't So inspiring and a strong man yeah. first started out. Yeah. I mean, he was so good, they, they outlawed him from doing it again, right? <laughs> yeah, they used to uh, – a lot of events were set up that he wasn't good at so they could bring in people new. Yeah. Well, Tony, Tony Fitton used to tell me, he said, yeah, he said, you know, well, Jean-Paul used to win all the ones, all the strongman events that depended on grip, and Kaz won all the rest. Yeah. That's what, you know, sometimes if they had a, a deadlift, like a coins for deadlift or deadlift in a bunch of 
ladies or something like that for show. Um, if they allowed straps, no one even came close yeah. to Kaz. Yeah. Well, he, he held the IP, IPF world deadlift record at, what, 887? Wow. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. From, he got, he, he, I think he broke it from Paul Wren or something at the time. Yeah, but, I mean, he held the world record in the deadlift. And everybody says you know, they think of him as a great bench. He was a good squatter, too. He was a 920, 930, legit below parallel yeah. squatter. Yeah. Yes. And back in the day of the, the joke equipment. Yeah, and that was, you know, walking it out and not having a, uh, a squat bar, too. Yeah, and again, uh, if he hadn't got injured, uh, he certainly would have benched 700 raw. Um, yeah, there's, a, there, there's a definitely a good chance of that. Yeah, and he would, have, he would have pulled over nine and certainly got that squat up to close to a grand, and he could have pushed his body weight even up further. I mean, he was about 330 when he was at his strongest. He tore yeah. his pec. Was that the deal he tore his pec? Yeah. Yeah, doing a bar bend at one of the strongman camps. Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah, doing something stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's all, all the injuries happen in strongman. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, now, in later years, he's still been heavy on the scene, right, Ed? Yeah, there's a lot of announcing and speaking and stuff. He's, good. he's really good at that. He's uh, very, very verbose and loves his stories. And um, is he uh, is he in Alabama? No, he's in Alaska. Oh, so that's, that's a whole story. You know, he was in Alabama for years, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And, yeah, and then he relocated. Yeah, he kind of wanted to be off the grid. Wow, oh, I, I love that. Love, I love it. That. Let's go. You know, <laughs> is he still uh, is he still trained? Um. I think he just stays in barely enough shape. He, yeah. um, Pretty beaten up, I imagine. Yeah, he had, a, he had a heart issue last year where he had to have some, some surgery, but I think that was just from uh, – he had to have a little bit of a lifestyle change. Yeah. But I think he's okay, I think he's okay now. But, you know, he, he, he would as, – as anyone who used to be a high-level athlete, um, I, I think when he trained again, he always tried too hard, so he always hurt. So he goes, well, if I don't train, I don't hurt. So I kind of solved it for a while. <laughs> Common sense. Yeah. Ed, do you think Kaz was uh, your biggest influence? Um, no, he's the one that just got me started a little bit. Yeah. And then it was just me and looking at the magazines because I was pretty introverted when I was real young. So mm. it was like something I could do and I – could read by myself i could observe by myself and i could train by myself yep. did, did you originally have thoughts of becoming a bodybuilder at first and then yeah you know, i, try, I tried it a little bit and that was before i saw kaz on tv wow okay and you were just really impressed with the raw strength and you wanted to yeah, and he that. looked like a, he was huge too yeah. he, was a, he was a monster and yeah. uh, it was just something when i started trying to lift heavy that it was me yeah yeah, it clicked. Yeah, he also had a yeah, you know, also had a real ferocious attitude when he lifted. I just didn't want to quit. Right. Who's next, buddy? What else is on? Who else you got? Well, next we've got uh, Larry Pacifico. <laughs> Larry, the Godfather, right? Uh, what was he? Nine-time world champion, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Larry was the boss at uh, for many, many, many years. He was uh, he was so good that he used to routinely give his best lifter trophy out to who he considered the best lifter. So they present him the best lifter trophy, and he'd say, oh, "Well, here today, I think this year I'm going to give it to Enrique Hernandez. Enrique, <laughs> come on up here and get the trophy." Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was all, you know, I think I'm the only guy in history to ever actually read Pacifico's book twice. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how many people read it once. It was, it's uh, the champion of champion books. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it was gold, right? Yeah, that's right. It's like 350 pages and it's nothing but workouts. Right. It's just his workout log. And then he has this little little uh, paragraph or two about how he did it a meet, whether it's at nationals, the seniors, the Bob Moon Open, <laughs> right? And it was, I, I found it so interesting. He trained so much, so hard. Eddie, he was like benching three times a week and handling over 500 each mm. time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just incredible the amount of time that, he spent training and how heavy he spent and Larry was a legitimate 800 squatter and what what at 740 750 deadlift yeah he had a problem with his grip yep yep but he but was he, a big bencher because oh, he, was, he was he was definitely built to bench he was only Mike McDonald was better than Larry at the time and Mike was yeah. a bench specialist but Larry was benching consistently 580 at 220 raw and that's what he said. He was a 220. That's what he yeah. said. Yeah. No, that was was, two, 242. It was up there. It was up there 580, 590. Yep. And, and two, 220, it was, uh, I don't know, 560, something like that. Maybe. Something. Yeah, something yeah. like that, right? Yep. Yeah, but he was just a kill, killer bench presser and a killer lifter. Um, Larry had, uh, was also put on the greatest shows in the history of powerlifting, right, Ed? Yeah, he, he, he knew that you had to spend money to make money, and he would. Those, those competitions at the Dayton Convention Center were incredible. Yeah, the, a test of the Stouffer's Inn. Oh, so many, so many great. And we were all one federation, so well, you right. would see the greatest of the great one after the other on the same stage. And, yeah. you know, just, you know, in the 275 pound class, you'd have who, you know, in a particular year, oh, Gamble wins and Chalet takes second and, you know, you know, and, and uh, Bob Dempsey and uh, who else, Larry Kidney, I mean, the uh, Dave, uh, Terry McCormick, Dave Shaw, Sam Samangio. I mean, the depth of talent. Doug, Doug, Doug Furness was there at 275. Uh, Doug was still in 42 at that time. Doug would have been coming up. He would have been in the 242 pan class. He got injured one year. He, he, lived, he, he took second place to a, a guy. Do you remember that? I know uh, that, that was in like 1985 or something with yeah. uh, Tom Henderson in Chicago. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. Tommy Henderson won, and but Doug hurt himself somehow. I can't remember. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, get get getting back to it. I don't mean to sidetrack, but I guess that's. What did we're did you guys have any uh, run-ins with with Larry? Uh, any did you train with him at all? Backstage. Yeah, I did. Doug Furness and I did some uh, did a video, some video with him. Yeah. 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 
I was going along great with Larry. Um, you know, we went to Maui together. Those were great. That was great. Remember that? Yep. Um, those are great meets. In fact, you had some of your best meets in history with, over in Hawaii. Yeah, I did some good ones there. Yeah, that was kind of when you really, really broke through. Uh, so, yeah, we love Larry. Um, yeah, Larry had a large ego, but deservedly so, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Who's next, baby? How about... Uh... How about Mike Bridges? Was he like the Ed Cone of was he like the Ed Cone of nineteen the nineteen seventies? Yeah, late seventy, early eighty. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know him real well. I mean, just met him a few times. That's about it. You see him lift? Um, I I, I talked to him more in uh, way after he had retired and he was he was uh i always had pleasant conversations with him so good yeah yeah uh and he was impressive he totaled 2100 at 181 which at the time was the most mind-blowing thing yeah. until you came along um well i thought what did he do mid i think it was like 854 squat uh mike yeah up to when he totaled to 2100 i think he did an 850 837 837 squat bench was what five 529 at the time rob with only two hour weigh-in and his deadlift was what 750 770 yeah, right around 750 or 55 yeah. something like that total 2100 at the time 2100 was winning in the 242 pound class mm. right right and this is a kid weighing 180 pounds did it and he was stood like, I don't know what, five one or something. He was extremely really? short. Yeah, he was yeah. very, very, very short. I remember Muscle Fitness did a feature on him. That's how I first heard about him when I was a kid, you know, when I was in high school. Strange trainer, too. He had some unique ways of training. Did a lot of singles. Mm. Wasn't there supposed to be a big showdown between uh, Mike and Ed at the, in the 181-pound uh, class? Yeah, at the 1984 Nationals, uh, he had gotten sick. And uh, then he retired after that for a long time. Oh, well. You, yeah, and then you took over after that. Yeah, that was my coming out. Yep. Yeah. And he tried to make a comeback, didn't he, a little while ago? He did some comeback stuff in the uh, uh, USAPL. Yeah. And he, did, and he did pretty well. Yeah, he was doing the drug-free thing. Yeah. So, yeah, great lifter. How about um, how about Gene and Willie Bell? <laughs> Another good uh, Gene Gene was really really quiet. Yeah. A very nice guy, really really quiet. Great physique. Um, great, great lifter. Yeah, you could never count out Gene. No, he could I, make I, one lift look hard and then never quit on the next lift that was way heavier and still make it. I think he was the dominant lifter in your time other than you um he had gotten beat at the worlds a couple times did he um in the u.s he was definitely unbeatable right right uh, uh, his peak i guess he was peak as a 181 all right uh yeah he did some really good lifts at at 198 yeah but he would be well he lifted for 
and forever too. I mean, he lived into the master. Yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, and he yeah. lifted for a long time. He was one of Sean Scully's uh, armed forces lifters. Dean was a career. Uh, yeah. Army. Army. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, he was stationed in Germany, Germany for many, many years. Yeah, and always soft-spoken, intelligent, very thoughtful in his training, very intellectual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Willie, I believe, Willie was his cousin, I believe. Willie was in Florida. Willie, I don't think he was a cousin. Uh, somebody told me that. I swear to God, I thought it was Willie. Maybe he was just, you know, putting me on at the time. Uh, yeah, Willie was a little more... Uh, uh Yeah, and uh, he would be like one of Kirk's buddies a lot of times yep. uh, overseas. <laughs> and there are a couple of tales about them in Amsterdam that we cannot tell. Yep, Willie the Hammer Bell. Hey, yeah. You're, 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 you're virgin. You're getting close, okay? I have no idea what right you're talking up, about. You're right up to the line. So, yeah, but uh, Willie was a great deadlifter. 242-pound uh, lifter, what, 5'10", uh, very well built. Um, yeah, 2,200 total. Yep, 2,200 total, right? And him and him and George Hector had some battles. Man, I handled George when we went up against William at the APF Seniors, and George had an off day, and Willie beat us. And yeah. that was that was after George dropped down in weight from super heavyweight. Yes, that's that's correct. And George also had some issues at that meet. Um, but Willie Willie was a terminator there for a while. About uh, Doug Furness. There you go. Uh, that's my buddy. Um, all around a great athlete, rodeo football player, um, gigantic legs, could still do a full split at 275. Mm -hmm. um, very methodical and uh, basic in his training. Uh, he taught me a lot about programming yep. and exercise selection. And so, um, you, you guys were like a training workshop when you guys got together. Um, Doug, Doug was uh, uh, mentored by Dennis Wright. Okay. Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dennis champion. the driver Wright. Dennis the driver Wright, multi-time world champion, world record holder. I Actually, out, out in front of the, the high school, I believe, in Commerce, Oklahoma. Yep. There's uh, the uh, the street sign that both signs is the, like uh, Doug Furnish Way and uh, Mickey Mantle Boulevard. Yep. Mm. Wow. So what was yeah. his training like, Ed? What did Doug train like? What was his? Um, he didn't do a lot of assistance work heavy. Okay. Um, but I think his athleticness is what pushed him really far forward because his technique was perfect in everything he did. Okay. So, um, you know, for a typical squat day, he would just squat and maybe do some other assistance, but not heavy. Not barely any other assistance. Okay. Yeah, no. Squatting and leaving. I love it. Squat and leave. And, and it when, he, when he worked with Dennis, he told, Doug told me that Dennis had them squat twice a week and they'd come in Help me on this. Uh, they came in one time a week, and I think 
it, Doug said it, they did, I don't know, like a three, two, one. And then he had him come in days later and do like pause reps, sets of five or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So they didn't need anything else. Well, then. Yeah, Doug, that was in Dennis's garage. I yes, in Dennis's garage, yeah. right? And then he said when he got stronger, he had to drop the, the second day. It was just yeah. too much. So he gets out of, he played for Denver, right? So he had a lifting athlete, a great athlete and a, a lifting background. Well, he made then, it all the way through camp and then he blew his hamstring out. And in those days, there was a lots and lots of athletes to choose from. So they were, everyone was uh, dispensable. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so if you get hurt, that's that's. He, he also said he did not get along with Dan Reeves, the coach. He said there was a personality conflict between him and Reeves immediately. And so he gets out. So he, he's done with that. And then how how long after that did you meet him, Ed? Um, I met him when he was still at 242 in the very early 80s. Yeah, so he'd been competing a little bit already. Yeah, because he did some competing in high school a little bit for fun. Okay. And then where'd the rodeo come in? Oh, that was, was from when he was a kid from Oklahoma. He was, he was a badass. I mean, this he, guy was a badass, too. He was raised in that. Listen, <laughs> you know, it, that's crazy, man. Those guys are the toughest guys in the world, man. Those guys. You know, man. you got to have some guts there, boy. And him and, yeah, him, and him and his brother, Mike. And they went they, together. They played on a high school team that won the state championship within their, you know, their division. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they, bo- they both, both actually played for Tennessee at the time, same time. Wow. And, cool. yeah. but Mike was on the line. Mike and, was a uh, lineman. Doug was a blocking fullback. And they played in the same team as Willie Galt and Reggie White. Yep. And they uh, are actually a lot of other uh, phenomenal NFL guys, too. The, uh, the funny thing is, is uh, after they got done with college, Mike dropped weight and almost made it onto the New York Jets as a running back after that. Yeah, they, they were crazy athletes, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good genetics and hard, hard work in yeah. their early, was, early what, background. What was his demeanor like when he when he lifted or when he competed? Was he, a, you know, an outgoing guy like Kirk, or was he a – No, nobody guy? was an outgoing guy like Kirk. Okay, well, almost there, or was he more like you and oh. everything was more on the inside? Yeah, much more quiet. He yeah. was – no, he wasn't quiet. He was stone cold. He was like, don't mess with that guy. Well, when you play in front of 80,000 people, you know, nothing gets you too uh, shaken up. You know, you're just, this is what I got to yeah. do. Had, uh, you, you and him together kind of created this amalgamated training routine, which I don't know that I would kind of describe it as what, would you say power body, uh, power, power yeah, body I building? Yeah, like, I, I liked a lot more uh, assistance work. Right. But uh, he was good at programming and numbers, and we'd always put our heads together about that stuff. Right. And, but, and he was always extremely conservative in everything he did. Conservative, conservative. conservative. Oh, yeah. He would, he would walk up and do a 980-something squat at Nationals, and everyone would be like, dude, you got to squat over 1,000. No. You'll be the first guy to you know, really do it at a Nationals. And he goes, I don't need to. He told me the exact same thing when we were in Hawaii. What did he do? 986. It looked like it was made of paper mache. And I said, I'm, I'm there helping him. And I said, well, you should, what do you want to go to? Let's go to 1003. And he goes, no, I want to save it for the total. Yeah, he had a goal, man. You know, and, he hit, and, he, and, he, and he hit 2,400 that day with the 600 bench yeah, and, yeah, an eight, and an yeah. 826 squat. 
Marty. Uh, A26 dead. I don't think he even practiced the dead, did he, Ed? Um, he did, but he, it was limited because he would have an allergic reaction to uh, chalk on his hands where he'd lo lose a oh, layer to his skin. Yeah. Wow. So, hmm. Never heard that one before. <laughs> well, allergy. You have an allergy yeah, sure. to stuff, you know? Uh, Marty, talc or something. Yeah. What was the weight? That's one of my favorite stories of all time. Is at the it was in Hawaii, I think, and there was like six hundred on the bar, seven hundred something. He was in eight hundred. Eight hundred. He's in flip flops. No, he's just. Uh, he had his his wrestling. No, they have his wrestling shoes on, but they weren't okay. tied. They weren't okay. tied. I'd wrestling. Ed used to do that same stuff. Ed shoes would be untied. I'm like, God damn you! What if you trip? Put and he walks. Shoes, he walks over. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's just got his, you know, and he just takes it out and he steps back and he squats at one and he puts it back in. I'm like, God damn, Doug, I mean, if you need, a, excuse me, uh, uh, if you need a spot, you know, we'll spot you. And he said, good. He said, Marty, it was only 855. Love <laughs> <laughs> um, that story. Yeah, roll out of bed strength. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. Like, that's right, JP. That's I'm right. like, what? <laughs> yeah. Ed, did, did you uh, adopt any techniques from, from Doug, like on the bench or anything? No. I was, uh, he was more technical than I was. Yeah. Okay. His squat is like perfect, man. It's like. Yeah, he, 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 had, he had a, a high, bar, high bar squat where he would really flare and open up. That's kind of how I, how I came up with uh, Open Your Taint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're getting close again, Ed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, he was big dude too, man. I like, I like hearing about him, man. Great stuff. I think his hip flexibility allowed him to squat to walk right. And he was a sumo, right? <laughs> wide stance sumo? Yeah, not too uh, wide. Not too wide. Not, not real wide, but he would really open open up a lot. Push yeah. his knees way out. Yeah. But he was a wide stance squatter. Not, not as wide as you think. It was nah. because he was able to open up and he had a high bar yeah. straight up that it appeared wider than like a power wide squat. Right. Mm. All right. All right. I, would, I was never comfortable with squatting wide like that. I always screwed with my hips. It's very individual, man. Yeah. That's because you're tight as a drum. Well, if he's yeah. doing the splits, then he could be a little wider, you know. That's right. Yeah. When you can do the splits, JP, then you can squat wide. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And when he did the splits, he put his head on the ground at the same time. Oh, my God. Yes. And what's funny was when he was trying to teach Ed Cohn how to stretch out, he'd have more <laughs> piece, of, piece of cardboard in the back warm-up room and I'm walking past and Doug's like patiently going now Ed relax and, and I'm like oh this is not gonna end well you, me you remember you remember that Ed uh, I try to forget it he'd have, he'd, he'd have pieces of cardboard and you guys are building the cardboard, stretching out. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. What was the cardboard for? It was like to designate your space? Sit, because I didn't like because you, you didn't want to sit on the concrete. No, you don't have that. You'd be on the concrete. I think, I think he did it to me just to keep my mind busy. Uh, it worked. Your, your mind was pretty busy. <laughs> How about, um, all right, is that enough on, on Doug? Yeah. How about Mark Chalet? Oh, God. <laughs> I, never, I, know, I never hung out with Mark and uh, I think uh, I think he would have definitely pulled over over nine if his training and health if he paid more attention to his training and health instead of just uh, going crazy all the time in the gym because <laughs> he never could recover <laughs> oh it's crazy so Marty he went against Gamble 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that 275 or super? <laughs> 275. He couldn't handle Gamble. Gamble was something. Huh? Gamble was too much. Gamble was a monster. We'll get to him. Uh, Mark, what a body, right, Ed? Yeah, Mark was in shape. What a physique. The, wide, wide shoulders, long arms, powerful arms. He looked, he, he looked like a gorilla. Uh, and tight. He was, uh, you know, naturally lean. He was not a piggy eater like you. He, you know, he, Mark did not slam calories like Kirk did. Uh, but Mark was, he taught me a lot about how little you can do and still get results. There was nobody who trained less and got better results. Would you agree, Ed? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you could train less other than not train. I don't, I, it was like once every 10 days on each lift. And I, uh, in the end, in, in the end, he was doing each lift every other week. Yeah. Um, oh some of the guys I know that did that was uh, Stan Efferding used to do that because he had such a background in bodybuilding already that he didn't need to do as much assistance. So if he tried to push himself too much, it was, it, it just, it just beat him up too much. Yeah. So every other week would be as uh, heavy. He would rotate squats and deadlifts. Yeah, but this is a, a super strong guy. Uh, I, we got good results. <clears throat> I, I, a lot of the tactics that Chalet taught now, we don't do. Mark used an exclusive menu of singles. That's all he did. I mean, he you know he might do a triple on a couple of warm-up sets, but on the top sets, he would work up to a single in the squat and the bench on Monday. He'd work up to a single in the deadlift on Thursday. That was it. No, nothing else. And this is a guy who, Eddie, I saw him do a legitimate 880 deadlift in the gym. I loaded the weight. It would have passed anywhere. In the meet, he pulled 860. So, you know, uh, he was incredibly strong um, in the squat. He had a good squat, too. His bench was not good. Marty, you've, uh, you've said you couldn't do any less than Mark Chalet did in the gym. Um, do you think he discovered his extreme minimalism through his – now, you've said before that he, he wasn't all that fond of training a lot of times. So uh, no, I don't think he was. Do you think because think he wasn't all that into training, maybe – uh, that he just happened to train that way and find out that that's what his body responded best to? Or did, or do you think he was uh, more technical than that? No, I don't think there was a lot of thought went into it. I think that Mark just got by with the least he could get by with. Yeah. yeah. And he was just a great athlete. And, and you know, he, he was almost a starting center at University of Maryland. He was a and, – and, and he didn't care about that too much either. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, just blessed, and uh, but I tell you, still, it's just uh, he taught me a lot, and, and I, he was closer to me. He had a great family. Uh, that was the best gym I ever belonged to was Chalet's Fitness there in Temple Hills. That was a, that was an incredible. That was six years we trained together for six years. Uh, he was closer to me than my own brother. Yeah. Yeah, and his, da his dad was a cop or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a big-time uh, cop for the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan yeah. Police. Yeah. There's a good picture of you guys that we have on the website. I think it's when you're in Hawaii, and, you know, you're talking about how just wide uh, Chalet is. You could really see it there in that picture. I mean, he does look like a gorilla. He's humongous. 
widest shoulders I've ever seen in a man his height. Biggest hands. Yeah, his too. body structure is pretty cool. Yeah, huge hands, thick bones. You know, that's like, oh, that guy's built to lift some weights. Yeah. You always wondered, though, what if he got on, what if he got on a program, you know, like home and really buckled down? And it was always that, wow, what if Chalet ever took it to the next level? It could have been freaky. He probably would have had to weigh, I don't know, 300, 310, something like that. I think that's where your uh, your mind comes into play. Like some guys are great physically, they don't have it mentally correct to do you know to exceed in another any other way, but the way they're doing it, yep. which is the only way they can mentally handle it. That's a good point. Yeah. And some guys, yeah, I would call he was a body lifter. He had this great body, but yeah, his mind wasn't really into it. You know, Fantana was the same way. Kenny was like, he couldn't be bothered. You didn't know anything about any power personalities. He didn't care. He didn't know who Jim Cash was. He didn't care. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, let's just play Pinochle. You know, you know, did you see Seinfeld? You know, like that, right? But he was a great, a great lifter. And he had a great body for it. Uh, who's next, bud? Well, speaking of Jim Cash, how about him? <laughs> what a physique. Yeah, he was a load. He was yeah. Up, boy. Rock. <clears throat> he was a uh, military at one time, wrestler. Yep. Um, that great pick of him deadlifting with the gold chain on, with the gigantic neck. When he's down to the bar? Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> as, he's, as he's starting to pull. Yeah, man. Um, animal. He was an yeah. animal. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely had his time. Yeah, I mean, we, Jim and I, Jimmy and I, we spent 10 days together in Slovakia. <laughs> right, you were telling me that story on the way to Virginia Beach. <laughs> yeah, we can't tell all this. Man, that sucks. You can tell that one. Uh, but I tell you, what, uh, what, what was it, 837 at 220? Yeah. yeah. And, and other than you, no one touched that deadlift weight. No, that's the time. Now or even now, because now you got to say, well, they didn't squat seven seventy five first. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that are known for being just specialists. You, well, you, that can't count. You got to have big weight in your back first. Yeah, right. there's just, a few guys. There's a there's a few guys that that uh, I mean, they're not gigantic squatters, but at least they compete and they do squat. No, I understand. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, I get that. But but Cash was, um, I don't know, five six, five five, uh, lean. He was a high level wrestler in the army. Uh, he was going to try out for the nineteen eighty Olympics. As was John Gamble as a discus thrower. But Carter canceled the Olympics because of the Russian boycott. Mm -hmm. So both of them got into powerlifting uh, after the his wrestling career and uh, Gamble's track and field career came to an end and because they were just such great athletes as was for Ness, great great athletes rise to the top in powerlifting very quickly yeah he, he looked like he had a bodybuilding physique too he looked great man he was inspirational it's a wrestler physique it's a yeah. it's a it's a low body fat wrestler physique and he had tons of endurance and he could train all day and he could out train you where was and he, he out could lift you he was a, he was in Dayton Ohio he was in okay. the same town as Pacifico and they hated okay. each other <laughs> they did really? they oh my god was we, uh was hmm. he the first guy to deadlift 800 at uh 220 and the 225 no 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 Vincent did that 10 years before Vincent did that 98 yeah hmm. yeah 
So did you, uh, we saw, I saw Cash at his peak, and no one could handle him. Uh, he would consistently, he was totaling 2,100. I saw him at the competition. Remember where he, where he beat Fred and Larry? Remember Larry was doing his comeback? That was, that was in Austin, Texas in 1983. Yeah. No, this and, was, a, this was a, a later one. That was the first one. There was a later one where, where Larry was making a comeback after he'd had the finger thing. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I don't know where that one was. That was uh, that Chicago. Was a, yeah, that was Chicago. And Fred squatted eight eighty, right at two twenty. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and Larry had a good meet, but Cash beat everybody. And and Larry, anyway, I should tell that story. Never mind. <laughs> uh, is that one of those illegal stories? Yeah, to just uh, tell, him, tell him out of school. I'd be telling out of school. Well, see, yeah. in, in, in 83, it was uh, Cash going up against Ladner and Hatfield. Oh, yeah. And Cash was getting ready to take his uh, a pull that would have put him ahead of yeah. Ladner. And Larry told one of the judges, right, after, right when Cash was about to walk out on stage, after he got psyched, to check him for oil. Like yep. he had oil on his legs. He's so right when Cash was about to go out on stage, he started walking out there. A judge stopped him and asked to check him, check him, and it blew his fucking whole psych. Uh, yeah, of course. That was that was the goal. Break his psych. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's awful, man. <laughs> another time, another time he spilled a coke. Well, anyway, never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. They didn't like each other. That's the point. That's for sure. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was a rivalry. I remember one. I can't say this. Um, how was how was Cash not murderous after that, man? I would have been. He was. He was. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. was. There was some genuine animosity there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, hey, he, and, he wasn't the guy that uh, showed up to the platform with swim fins, was he? No, that was Tony Fitton. Tony Fitton. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, is he on the list? <laughs> is there a picture of that, Ed? Maybe a bonus. Anywhere? No, yeah, Tony we... never showed me any of that. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was a good balance lift. He had a good squat. I don't know what, 770? I think his best squat ever was like 810. Yeah, yeah, okay. And a bench, uh, 485 without a shirt, kind of 220 bencher. Yeah. Sounds right, right. And then the big deadlift that no one could come close to. That's that was his that was his shotgun. He pulled that thing yep. out and go, all right, see y'all later. Bam. And I was over. You know, he says, What do I need? You always got the impression with Cash that he always had a little left, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, great. So who else you got? Uh how about Dr. Squat? Fred. Yep. Freddie. Fred Hatfield. You go, Ed. You knew him. Fred pushed the limits on every, Fred pushed the limits on everything. Yeah. With his, his health, training? with his training, it, you name it. You know, everything he wrote about, he at least tried first. Yeah. He would experiment on himself with all these training, all the oh, speed yeah. work or explosive training. It was. He not, wasn't in his speed work. He was oh, his, yeah. his thing was to be explosive with tent, you no know, intent, no matter how much the weight is. As long as you put the effort in to be explosive, you got more explosive. Right. Yeah. He, he had a huge influence. I mean, think we still talk about compensatory acceleration, and that was his deal. You know, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, when I uh, – Fred helped me get a contract with Weeder, and when I used to go out there, I used to stay with Fred. 
What was his yeah. training like? Um, everything was planned out way, way in advance. That's what one of the things he got from the Russians is mm -hmm. proper planning, like uh, planning because he, he could plan out stuff for six months or longer. Mm -hmm. And it would be all written down in his garage on a giant board already. Oh, wow. He was, uh, he was super to me. And you know, I called him out of the blue um, when I was first trying to squat 800. And we did my whole program over the phone. And he didn't act like I was bothering him. Cool. He, was, he was just super to me. And when I studied for my strength and conditioning exam, I used his book. I couldn't understand <laughs> the NSCA book. <laughs> but I, I could understand he wrote it in layman's terms and then I could understand the sliding filament theory when he, you know, he, he put it where in practical terms, you know, yeah. Guy. So he was known as Dr. Squat, but how, how were his other lifts? Like his bench? Uh, his he had, he had multiple <laughs> shoulder surgeries with held his back bench back. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, he just, he did, he didn't have a grip. So that would really affect him after he squatted. Uh, so he was an Olympic weightlifter and a good one. Uh, he came up under Joe Mills in Rhode Island. And he said Joe Mills gave him his first lesson in compensatory acceleration by leaping up in the air as high as he could and spitting a loogie. <laughs> and he yeah. said, he said, I swear to God, it went 35 feet, right? <laughs> and he it was, said, it was uh, and earlier on, he was actually a good gymnast. Yeah, uh, yes. Oh, also, he was a uh, Peter Thorne was his high school uh, taught at his high school. Did you know that? I don't I don't think I think they were just friends. I don't think Peter Thorne taught well, him because Peter I, I, Thorne I, I, was I'm not really well, all, all I'm telling you is he was telling me that Fred was a nationally ranked pole vaulter in high school. Mm. No, it was it was it was it was gymnastics. He had gymnastics too, but in addition to gymnastics, he was also the nationally ranked pole vaulter. I'd have to check that one. I well, you check it, you check it out there, Chicago. I'll tell. I'll put. We'll put a. We'll put a uh, some crash weight gaining number formula number seven on it. Uh, uh, Fred was uh, all around good athlete. Um, he was a notorious partier. I partied down with him a few times. I, yeah, Jack Daniels and cigarettes. Woo! I'll tell you what. And, um, yeah, um, great lifter. Won, what, two or three IPF World Championships. I mean, the, the, yeah. the biggest. Um, Holyfield. He trained Holyfield. He trained Lee Haney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fred was as uh, smart as they came. He was the best combination of athlete and um, brain power. Mm. Right. Uh, and he was not built for it. If you looked or met him, he was not anybody who was going to scare you. Even at his heaviest, he looked kind of, I don't know, he, he was not physically impressive. Yeah, kind of, you know, a little toadish. He strikes me. Go ahead. Sorry, Ed. What was his? Uh, what was Fred's involvement with Weeder? Uh, you mentioned him. Yeah, it was, was he, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a great writer, and yeah. Joe gave him a chance to prove himself, and he did. So he was actually one of the editors of uh, Flex, one of the magazines for a while. Flex, and he started Sports Fitness Magazine, and that became Men's Fitness when they decided to go. More mainstream, yeah. that magazine had yeah. great training stuff in it, man. 
But did uh, did he appear yeah. in Muscle and Fitness like you did? Did he do yeah. any of that? He's all over it. Now what? I don't know if he did that. Be I don't know if he did that before he got with Weeder. I'm trying to remember. I remember seeing you in there. You know, eighties and yeah. I think nineties. I you know, uh, you made a pretty good impression on me. But uh, I don't remember. Was seeing, it? I might was, it was it the photo where I, he had, where he had on the spray tan and the the who Ed's? the white sweatsuit Absolutely, that, said, yeah. that said Weeder? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. His neck was exploding out past his head. Painted on. They painted you? <laughs> they had to paint you before the shoot? Oh yeah. You have never looked you have never looked better. Wait a minute, talk about that for a second. Did they really? Will, Willie Willie Bell told me at a contest that when I put baby powder I actually got more color. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only way you could get colored, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, who's next on the list? <laughs> that's funny. Uh, how about Lamar Gant? He's uh, an interesting fellow. Yes, that's about it. <laughs> you know much at all about Lamar. I think. I mean, and I, I think you're cutting out lift. He was a great squatter and bencher and. I don't know why. And I think you're cutting out a little bit. Are you on your phone? Yeah. Okay. Just, I don't know if you're cutting out a little bit uh, here and there. Just make sure you got a good, uh, okay. good spot over there. Uh, are you I, I, didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't know a lot about Lamar. He was a, he was a little bit strange, but uh, I guess we all are. <laughs> Lamar hey, was a but, you know, people don't realize how good his squatting is. His bench yeah. was world class, and he had a world record bench at one time too. He's the only guy I think to ever hold the world record in all three lifts at the same time. That's possible. Yeah, he had a. Uh, was it? He, he hit six hundred at one thirty-two. Ed. No, not in the, in the squat. squat. No, in the squat he hit six hundred. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm telling you, look it up. The bench. What was it? Go ahead. What was it? Three fifty-two. Not that much. 337, 336? Yeah, somewhere around there. All right. Um, but, of course, the monster yeah. the monster deadlift at six, what, yeah. 687, right? Uh, 683 in Australia. Mm -hmm. Were you uh, Australia? Which oh, Was that Perth? Perth, Australia. But, Were the, you but there? the fascinating – sorry, the fascinating thing there. about – the fascinating thing about his um, his deadlift was he had such bad scoliosis, and I mean, he wore his belt backwards and up under his armpits and everything. And uh, I think it was what at a body weight of one thirty, one thirty five, he uh, deadlifted five times his body weight. Yeah, so yeah. they actually had him in uh, Sports Illustrated holding the weight and uh, X-ray him at the same time, so you could see it. Well. But Marty knew him pretty well, right? Marty used to. Oh, I don't. No one knew him really well. I met him a couple times. We you handled him. We right? Interviewed him. Yeah, I handled him in competition. But that's you know, you know, you just it's like being a corner man at a well. You know, you're UFC the only. Fight. You're the only man alive to have felt his erectors or whatever you were. Uh, I did that. Yeah, I did that. 
Now he stood up, we were at lunch one time and uh, I asked him, but you remember how he used to do this uh, kind of this slow motion lowering Ed? He'd lower himself down, but it was like in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. And I asked him about it and he said, oh, he said, I'm building tension. He said, come on over here. And, and so I walked around to the back of the table and said, put your hands on my spinal rector. And I did, it felt like a statue, right? It felt like marble and he starts uh, going down slow and it, you know, his, his back pops out like, I don't know, the, the monster and aliens. Right. And he's, he's a short, strange man with these incredible spinal erectors. Right. But as he's lowering, they're curving. It was, it was like a scene out of aliens. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Not really, but, but it was, you know, his, his, he was so hard, right? His muscles were so tight. It was just like, wow, he was a lifting machine. How about uh, Dan Austin? I handled Dan and uh, where were we at? We were in uh, Oribro. And he won uh, best lifter. <clears throat> How many and, worlds? He won what? Fourteen worlds or something? Oh no! I no no no! I know he didn't win that. Him, Danny, and no. national. No. national. No, 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 no. He was not that. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many. You look it up yeah, it on was, it Wikipedia. Was I, I, was I, don't, the, I don't know how many, but there wasn't uh, not nowhere near that. No, but, uh, no, no, no. He had a wicked deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looked like he wasn't even trying. Right. It was just so yeah. smooth. So smooth. Well, if he if he broke it from the floor, it went. Yeah. And yeah, I I yeah I handled him when he pulled the world record deadlift at one sixty five, and he won the best lifter. Now he's that. a one forty eighter. Uh. Okay. One forty eight, not one sixty five. All right. Well, I coached him, and he not won at one sixty five. All right. I coached him, and he won best lifter. And yeah, but that was for the lightweights, but it wasn't at it was at 148. No, he won best overall lifter for the competition at the at the champion of champions banquet. Yeah, champion of champions. Correct. Okay. You with me? So Yermo yeah. Vertanon comes up to us. He had bombed out at 181. This is a bad man Finn. And he comes up to us and he's got his little posse of Finnish guys with him, all these giant Finn guys that look like cast members and Vikings. And he walks up and he goes, he's smoking a cigarette and he goes, oh, Dan, I see you have my best lifter award. Hand it over. We're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so at the very, and Austin is like, we're like backing up. It's like, well, you know, we're going to break out in a fist fight here at the banquet. At the very last minute, he breaks out on a laugh, <laughs> you know, like that. But I mean, those guys were, you know, those, did you know any of those Finnish guys, Ed? No. Did you I know who they were? But I didn't, I mean, none of them really spoke any English. So it was, there's no. Well, we stayed next door to them one time. Every time they opened the door, there was like this, this hurricane of Marlboro smoke. We'd just come out of the, out of the room. Yeah. These boys were rough. Uh, yeah, well, onward. 
All right, how about uh, Dave Jacoby? He was pretty quiet but intense when he lifted for little spurts. Uh, but if you just talk to him, it was like, hi, Ed, how you doing? That's now Dave. He, now, he was another guy that was um, – he was a minimalist. Didn't he train like one day a week? He was a, Usually, he was a uh, truck driver, right? Yeah, tw twice a week. I don't know if uh, – I think it was for Yellow Freight or something at the time. Yeah. I used to see him once in a while. If he, if he came to Chicago, he'd call me and we'd go out to dinner. Yeah, yeah. But he was a, he was a lifter that uh, – another guy that had a great physique. Yeah. Um, great shoulders. Great shoulders. Tiny waist. Yeah. That one picture of him is uh, – that's him, right, coming out of the, the booth. He's got the Superman outfit Super, on. Superman, and the, yeah. That was a cover of Powerlifting USA. Pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good cover. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. his do you remember his setup, Ed? In the squat? Yeah. It was like this six step setup. Yeah, he went he went pretty wide too. Oh, he was wide, wide. And him and Joe Ladnier, they go you go one, two, three, four, five, six. Now we squat. And we're like, wow, you're so wide. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, there's there's videos on YouTube you can watch him doing that. And when you think he's got his stance set up, he takes more steps outward. I know. It's like oh my! It's like he's doing uh, squat splits or something. You know, always always got down low though. The good legal yeah. squatter. Yeah. I don't. No one beat. No one beat Dave. A lot of people tried. He never. I don't. Did he ever set a world record? I don't know that he did. I don't think so, but he was so consistent even in all his lifts. And he and no one ever beat him. I mean, I mean, a lot of guys tried, but I mean, Thor Kritschke didn't beat him. Um, who else? Kirk didn't beat him. Uh, Willie Bell didn't beat him. Joe Ladnier didn't beat him. I don't know that anybody no. beat him, did they? No. He was the winner, man. He was the man there for what I don't know six six, six years in a row. I think for a while, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, what was his? What was his? I think they were from Canton. Were they from Canton, Ohio? Yeah, Maybe. I just know he was an Ohio guy. I don't know exactly where. I think he was from Canton. His guy was Pep Wall. Yeah, yeah, that was his. That was his coach. We tried to get him to lift for blacks, but they wouldn't have any anything of it. No, I, I, I left with Pep. I said, "All right, buddy, that's great." Did he have an athletic background? Like, was he a football player or anything? I don't think so. I don't know anything about him. Hmm. He's kind of a no. mystery man. Yeah, just a real quiet guy. Okay. How about uh, Joe Ladnier? Joe and I were like the same age. The first time I met Joe is uh, he was a 198er at my Teenage Nationals in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and he already looked like a 25-year-old adult male. <laughs> Didn't he get to the Worlds at a really young age or the Nationals, won the Nationals, something like that, right? Yeah. He was going against Hatfield, I think. Oh, That's when Pacific yeah. had recruited him. Okay. He worked for Larry at the health club chain. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was um, national champion at 19. I thought I thought he was the only guy that could possibly end up in your class, Ed. He just seemed like he had the – there was a time in his career where he had it all together and he had the genetics. He had the 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, at, at, at 242, he was gigantic and yes. like Herculean. Scary. And then, um, then he got hurt. When yeah. Was he that hurt it? it? threw everything off. Okay, that was what it was, right? And is yeah. that what spun him into bodybuilding? He had already been doing a lot of bodybuilding, but I think he, uh, when he had moved down to Florida and was working for Suncoast Gym, a guy named Dick Armatrout, and there are lifters down there, that's when I think he blew his leg out. Oh. And then a few years ago, he came back, right? Was that to powerlift or bodybuild? No, he came back as a he, – he did come back and did a little bodybuilding, but then he came back as a powerlifter. Oh, okay. When, wasn't he doing geared lifting for a while? Yeah, just with the shirt. Yeah, with the shirt, right. But, I mean, he was throwing up some and, – and he got – how tall do you think he was, Ed? 5'8". Okay. And, but he got – I mean, he was massive at, at 242. What, what did he get his body weight up to? Wasn't it something crazy? He was in the 275s after that. And that oh, but man. I think that was just too heavy for him. He must have been just ready to explode. He was, yep. because he was, he, um, you know, who he kind of reminded me of at his heaviest. And I didn't see, you know, at 242, I saw him when I saw that great competition between him and Dave Jacoby at 242, where they turned down Dave's third attempt deadlift with 800 that would have given him the win. Right. Hmm. And they were, yeah, check it out, Ed. Okay. Remember that? Huh? No, was that in Ohio? Yeah, it was at the Nationals. I can't, well, I can't remember where, though. Oh, it was back and forth. It was incredible. Uh, but, but Dave ended up winning. But uh, Joe Ladnier uh, was just unbelievable genetic potential. I coached him in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He made a brief comeback as a drug-free lifter. At, and so we went to the ADFPA National Championships. And he lifted for blacks in the 220-pound class. And he bombed out. And it cost us the national championships. And, and you know, it was, it was weird. Um, but then after that, I mean, that was, man, that was so long ago. And, and he just kept going and going and going and going. Um, yeah, I think he lives in Mississippi, I believe. I, where, where was he from? Is that where he's from originally, right? I don't know. It could be, but I, I really don't know. I think he's from Mississippi down on the Gulf Coast somewhere. I know. Um, so anyway, it doesn't matter. But he was uh, he was incredible. Um, but I just never, you know, I guess the injuries kept him from maxing out his power talent. Probably. Life happens sometimes. Right with that. It's not badminton. Hmm. I think you guys already mentioned George Hector. You want to say a few more things about him? Well, about George it. Hector was a product of Bill Starr. Yes. Yep. And uh, explosiveness. And uh, uh, George used to train by himself in a shed in the back. Yep. If he didn't have enough weight, well, what'd you go up to this training cycle? Uh, 755. How many reps? Uh, 13? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, smart guy, intelligent guy, soft-spoken guy. Really uh, nice guy. His son's a big kid that lifts and I think did some track throwing. 
Marty, did you were you ever around him in the Maryland area? Didn't you yeah. say him into a oh. meet or something? Oh yeah, we. Uh, I coached George at the APF National Championships. Where were they at? I don't remember. Uh, well, we went up against Willie Bell, whatever competition that was. That was uh, Larry Pacifico in Ohio. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, you probably even remember the year. Uh, no, not really. Okay. Uh, George, uh, he had this weird thing though that he would take his last squat warm up on the platform. Huh. He insisted on that. And I said, why? He said, you're, I said, you're throwing away an attempt, man. He said, don't argue with me. This is the way I do it. I'm like, okay, whatever you say. And so, you know, he would open with whatever, 721, mm-hmm. you know, but then we missed the third, we missed the third with 865 that he needed, you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, but anyway. so he used his last warm up as his first attempt. Yeah, and it was just it defied logic, and the rest of him was so logical. But he was insisted upon that. And but yeah, he was famous for that high rep training, and, and he I saw him squat nine fifty at the Potomac Open. Wow! And he, I think the most he'd done was like seven seventy five for I don't know nine or something. How big was he? Three. 360. Oh, he's a big boy. And started yeah. scuffing him or drained him or what? Yeah. He was uh, got all his, you know, um, basic boot camp from Bill Starr. Yeah. No, that's a- when, he, when he dropped down to 242, he's the only large human I ever saw that had no stretch marks, no loose skin. It was muscular as hell. Mm. Even his head shrunk. Did he do that to compete or did he do that for his health? He did that because he looked like Hercules. Oh, he was incredible looking. <laughs> really? Forearms and arms and legs. Calves. Yeah. Calves. Hey, he looked like Omar Sharif. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> trained in it. Was a, it was, they called the shed something. I forgot what they named it, but Star used to write about it in his columns. You know, they'd be in there in the middle of August in Maryland. It's like, you know, 100 some degrees in there. All right, fact check me, Ed. So, when George... George total twenty four hundred as a super, correct? I believe so. Yes. So when he dropped the and his best deadlift as a super, I believe was eight fifty. Anyway, when he dropped down to two forty two, he actually got a bigger deadlift than he had as a super, and he was squatting. I don't know, like eight sixty to eight eighty. Sound right, Ed? I think the squat was lower, and okay. uh, I, think it, he, I don't know if I, his, I, the deadlift his, was in the. I don't know if it was it was it was over eight fifty. I don't think it was that. No, no, it wasn't that. I'd say eight thirty seven, something like that. Yeah, and the bench, but he had a big bench, like a five fifty raw bench, right? Yeah. Uh, so again, and this is after he's dropped down from weighing three sixty, and he was. His post-workout, after he would finish training, he told me that he would drink a gallon of milk and eat an entire packet of Oreo cookies. <laughs> Doesn't sound bad. <laughs> uh, he got phlebitis. Um, eventually, he got blood clots and some stuff shook loose, and he that kind of ended his career as a super heavyweight. Uh, so, but but he was he was firing down. I don't know. 
uh, two gallons of milk a day every day. Yeah, there was a, there was another lifter in the ADFBA USAPL who used to, as a heavyweight, you'd always see him with a gallon of milk with him or something. Named yeah. Sean Cullen, and he ended Sean. up having to drop weight too. So it was just uh, overindulgence to keep your weight up. Yeah, well, they're they're not naturally big people, and the only way they can keep their weight up is by stuffing themselves with all these calories. And as soon as they stop, they they shrink up. But uh, I, George never, I don't know why he quit. I don't think he suffered any serious injuries. He always I think had, he, had, he had actually went back to school and stuff. I could be. Uh, he always had my highest respect. Yeah, a very good guy. Well-spoken, nice. Didn't talk any shit. I, I never heard him cuss like you just did. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, Ed, were you a big milk drinker, speaking of milk? I still like milk. Yeah, but did, back in the day, did you drink a lot of it? Like, uh, you know, Marty's always saying that's what they always did after a big workout. I don't, I don't know. I never had to pay attention to it. Did, did you ever stuff yourself ever? No. I tried just, to stuff myself once when I visited Furnace, and I ended up on the ground for two hours screaming and crying. <laughs> See, you're so you're so unique in that way, you know. Everybody else, uh, you know, you just get to like a normal body weight, and that's it. But I mean, you you were good at 165, world level at 181, 98, 220, and 242. You know, I mean, and you would think that you would have to purposely manipulate your nutrition, but you really didn't even have to pay that much attention to your nutrition, did you? No, I let my weight go up as it as it wanted to. As you age, does it naturally? Well, the the more weight I handled, the bigger I got. Yeah, but you but you didn't find yourself. Oh, I'm so ravenous. I have to eat twice as much food now. No, never had to. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, one time we went out to eat with Gene Denae. <laughs> yeah, you love Gene, right? So we, went out, we stopped somewhere and we got hot dogs and. You got two hot dogs, and Gene came running up, and he goes, she goes to me, he goes, did he use mustard or ketchup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the good days. Well, well, Ed, last time we had you on, yeah, we were, we were asking you about your diet, and uh, you were yeah. just said you did kind of whatever, and uh, I was kind of surprised by that because I thought you'd be very scientific and every two hours and a certain amount of – grams of protein per each meal and all that, but you said no. you did whatever. No, I could just look in the mirror and see how I looked and how I felt and knew yeah. what to eat. Well, also, uh, you know, if I might, you were a clean liver. You never, you never drank, you never smoked, you never, no, you never had nasty habits. So, you know, that, that helped no. a lot. So anyway, who's, who's next and on I the list? Slept a lot. Yeah. Well, you had that luxury, right? I do too. Yeah, it's, I was it's always, incredible. I was always recovered. Yeah, always recovered. Yeah, there you go, buddy. I was always recovered. What's next? Odie Wilson. Yeah. What a monster. Very, very nice, gigantic man. Oh, uh, baby. He was the biggest, I think at the time, oh, he was easily the biggest human I ever saw in my life for a long time. Well, yeah, four, four and a quarter or a little bit more at six wow. foot six. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know he was that tall. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I he saw him. This man. He, he, it was like, I can't remember if it was some after, after competition function, like the 
like the nationals were over and he showed up him and his, his wife or his girlfriend and they were dressed to the nines and he wore a suit that was like blue shark skin that had been custom made and he looked perfect you know he was like and he was huge he's like a walking wall um if i might add didn't you guys compete in australia yeah yeah i I got him psyched up for the debt for his deadlifts i stand on a chair and look him in the eye and yell at him (laughs) (laughs) i'd I'd say i'd say stuff to him that would actually get him pissed off you sit in a chair and look him in the eye. Yeah, Matt, Marty, a picture of that would have been classic. Man. That would have been great. You should have slapped him. <laughs> yeah. Well, what were you, did you, were, can you repeat what you were saying or no? No. No. Uh, okay. Now, now, if I might, now, didn't you guys see Sting there? Yeah. So uh, Sting and NXS were in our hotel at the same time. Hey, you saw him playing tennis? Yeah, got a picture with him. He was super nice. Uh, is he, was he a good athlete? Sting? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you saw him. Did you see him time. play? <laughs> what was his deadlift at the time? He played tennis with his manager. I, I could care less. Well, I mean, did he have, did he, was, he, was he playing good or did he look like a dork? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't even care. I just wanted a picture God. with Sting. Just give me the picture. Give me the self. What was this 40, Ed? What was this? All right. Now, now, tell us about the famous walk down the beach. I was with uh, O.D. Wilson, Wilson, Gene Bell, and J.D. Carr, who was our 132-pound lifter. And I was, uh, I was the Caucasian of the group. <laughs> and we went down to a place called Swanbourne Beach, which was the, uh, the nudie beach. We got a ride from a cop. So he gave us a ride down there. And, uh, he said, you fellas are not from around here. Pardon? He, he stopped and he said, obviously, you fellas are not from around here. Yeah, it's pretty obvious to see. We're right, right out at a hotel on the beach called Observation City. A guy named Bond owned it who had won, like, the America's Cup and stuff like that. He, he later on went, was a notorious. He was like the Australian version of Bertie Madoff. Oh, God. So we get down to the beach and we set everything up and JD or uh, OD Wilson just drops his drawers and runs into the ocean with his <laughs> arms out. It was like the parting of the sea of white people. <laughs> and he just ran right in. And then uh, Gene Bell and ourselves, we kind of took off our clothes a little bit before we went for a walk with OD and it was like, oh, okay, it's warm out. I'm hanging pretty good. And uh, then J.D. Carr walks up, our little guy, and we, for some reason, we had to make him go sit back and watch our clothes. We wouldn't let him walk with us. <laughs> so you're a proud Irishman. <laughs> yeah, but not so proud to let J.D. Carr walk with me. That's a good one. Oh, man. Uh, who's next on the list, man? You know, uh, O.D. was a great lifter, a great lifter, great strongman. He had a famous – there was a famous scene in a, in a strongman where he – somehow or another he threw the – didn't he throw the – he had a 176-pound keg fall on his head. Oh. I only one, know what uh, – And it's a strongman competition, and it was like he just, like, shook it off. And everybody's like, oh, my God, that sort of killed him. He was, he was set to win the world's strongest man. And Dougie Edmonds, who was in charge of it, 
changed the last event from a static strong event to a medley at the very last second. And his buddy, John Paul Sigmerson, was able to win. Uh, uh, there you go. That was a big controversy back then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, when he at the very last second, the event was changed. Oh, jeez. So he, when he got done powerlifting, did he stay? I know he stayed tall, but did he drop some poundage? No, he dropped over, man. He was not. He he no, he, he, le tried, he, he left us early. Yeah, he tried to drop weight. He went out uh, jogging, I think, in North Carolina, and he was too heavy, too hot in the summer. Yeah, and he uh, burst his aorta. Wow. Way too young. <clears throat> Way too young. All right. What a He's, nice guy. Oh, we loved him. He was the best. How about Doyle Kennedy? There's another great wow. one. I love Doyle Kennedy. Yeah, everybody did. What a great coach. We went to the my first Worlds in 84 in Dallas, Texas, because it, it had to be switched because someone in Europe couldn't do it at the last second. And uh, John Pettit took it over from Texas or so in Dallas. And uh, Doyle had us all come up to his room separately to talk about our attempts. Because in those days, the uh, organization paid for your, yep. your uh, hotel and airfare. Yep. So he said, I own your first attempt. After that, we'll <clears throat> discuss it and you can do whatever you want. <clears throat> and yep. uh, he, answered the, he answered the door at night. When it, uh, to me and I thought he had a sweater on but it was his fucking hair hey hey watch, watch yourself it was there. like three inches thick all over his body of hair <laughs> that picture of him deadlifting 900 or whatever <laughs> they sure are yeah you Sasquatch but you... how he talked to you and, and the knowledge he had but when being calm was was fantastic oh yeah he had a strong following up there. His, uh, he was a power lift magnet up in the Pacific Northwest. He was in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. He worked in the courthouse and his wife was, what was she? She was, uh, what was her name? Ramona. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they were power players. He was the winningest IPF coach of all time. He had six straight world championship wins as a coach. No one equaled him, not Sean Scully, nobody. Uh, wow. Yeah, he, and, and you know, he, he turned out good lifters. He turned out all those guys up in the Pacific Northwest. They all got better. He, he turned out Ruthie Schaefer. Um, you know, he was just really, really good yeah. at getting people strong. And he was strong. Um, you know, all kinds of – you always got the impression with Doyle that – uh, you know, you didn't see the best of him either because of injuries or circumstance or whatever. He finally pulled 900 in Hawaii. Uh, he probably could have pulled it years earlier. That was always kind of my impression. Yeah. Of him. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, another one died early. Um, yeah. Doyle, I mean, he had, he had some, uh, some blockages or something that he had cleared away a couple times, but, he said the issue with him was he said his cardiologist told him, he goes, you were just way too big for way too long. He goes, that was the problem. <clears throat> he was uh, my height. I'm 5'10". He was what, 3'20", three, three you think? Yeah, 3'20 plus. Yeah, 3'20 plus. But for uh, way too many years. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was a really, really good college level shot putter and discus thrower. I think he was in the top five in both the shot put and the discus in his senior year in college. That's good, a, good athlete. Good, good athlete. Yeah. So, oh, there's a famous picture. Yeah. Where Eddie, you're standing there. And I guess it, um, Magruder, Jeff Magruder probably had you guys out. It was you, uh, Doyle, Doug Furness, Fred Hatfield, and Magruder, right? And you're standing together. You, you remember when that might have been? Did, did maybe Jeff have you out for something? Because I think you all had on sh sh similar shirts. That was a uh, Pack West Health Club chain. There you go. So anyway, you're all standing there, and I'm looking. I say, "Wow, what a great picture! What great lifters!" I'm looking at Doyle. I'm looking at Doug. Oh, Doug looked massive, right? Fred looked good. Fred looked big, right? And Magruder was uh, what five eighty, six hundred pound raw bencher, two forty two. Yes. Jim, uh, I think he did five. I think he actually did five ninety five raw before. Okay, yeah, genuinely strong bencher. I'm looking at all these guys, and Ed, you look like a somebody's kid right compared to these guys and i'm well, looking at the I was, I was still real young too i'm looking at the picture and i'm going and cone outlifted every single one of them um, and then oh, i looked well. again and i said i look at you and you look so small in comparison i said you lifted more than doyle ever did oh you lifted more than doug ever did oh you lifted you know and just down the line and i said it seemed physically impossible Right, you're standing next to these guys. For Ness was like he was at his peak, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the thing about that picture. You're the, I'm only, the only one, one left. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even. Yeah. Oh, Ma oh, Magruder's no longer with us. Yeah, Magruder had uh, Lou Gehrig's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, died a few years back. Oh, see, there you go. I'm behind that. You're the only one left, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, yep. who's next? <laughs> Uh, how about Dan Wobler? Danny Wobler. Never knew him. Never even met him. Yeah, I met him. I knew him. Um, genuinely strong, strong guy. Um, raw talent. You always got the. He, he was always looked a little out of shape, Ed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even as even as a two forty two, it's like God, that guy could lift a two twenty. You know what I mean? He always looked a little chubby, but um, he was just a strong, strong kid. Uh, John Black told me, he said, the first time this kid walked into the gym, he said, this is Black talking. He said, at the time, he said, I was doing like 455 for, you know, whatever, eight. He said, this kid walks in and does 455 for 12. Mm. And he's like 15 years old. He said, I'll give you a free membership. And so that was the start of that. Um, yeah, I saw Dan lift in Hawaii. He lifted against uh, Chalet. Uh, you were there, Ed. Um, no. I've never met Dan Wobler. Well, Dan lifted there. Oh, uh, uh, no, not with me. No, well, I'm just saying, he was at the Hawaii meet because Martin beat him. Uh, he bombed out in, in the squat. He, he got, he didn't get his, he had three squats turned down. And that I don't, good. I don't ever remember him in a meet with me. He, well, he might not have met you. He might have come in at the last moment and left right after that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he was there. And you can, you can fact check me in that yet. Oh, no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next on the list? Uh, how about Shane Hammond? Shane's one of the nicest guys I know in all of lifting. 
Now he, uh, you guys went to South Africa to compete, and that's where that uh, African safari video comes from that we've got yes. on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. Water. What a great squatter, jeez. And he could. What was his deadlift? It was only like a mid seven because of a grip, okay. yeah, grip issue. But he was a pretty good bench or two, five fifty or so. Right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we lost Shane to Olympic lifting. He could have. He could have hung around and done better. He did, but. he did really well in, in that, not ever having to do it. All those other kids start so young. But, you know, he came over. He's so strong already. He did great. And I saw, I think it was in Milo, him squatting 800 with nothing on, just a shirt and shorts. Yeah. He took, uh, he took fifth at the World Championships, which was incredible because the four guys ahead of him were definitely. You sure it was fifth? I thought it was a lot lower. You better – okay, you fact-check me on that, Ed, because he I placed will. fifth at the world, okay? And <laughs> that was actually really, really good. Um, 436 uh, snack. Yeah, something that? around – right around there. And at, Four, and no, 436. Like, fact-check that, too. No, it was 435, actually. <laughs> one, 197.5 <laughs> kilos, if you want to be right. But, uh, yeah, his, his uh, clean and jerk was around, like, uh, 534 or something. Yeah, yeah. Might have been 535. Yeah. No, 534 is the mark. So, what's he doing now? What's he's... He's, he's, he's training a little bit. He's helping his son out. I saw some video of him on Facebook. Okay, okay. And he's in Oklahoma? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if people don't know, I've only seen him on films, but his squad was dive bomb squad, man. It yeah. Was... You know, and he, he had, had really, really size. big knees. He had the bone structure for it. He had bones like a dinosaur. Really? Yeah, that, that was, was really huge. Yeah. Huge. Uh, what did he weigh? Did he was he 330? No, he was when he, when he powerlifted, he was 360. Wow. Uh, I saw him at 325 do a standing backflip. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, man, he's an athlete, too. Wow. You know, that's, that's, yeah, well, that's why he picked up Olympic lifting with relative ease. You could only imagine. And, again, he was not playing on a level playing field. Right. The, the Iranians and the Eastern Europeans are definitely doing some sort of state-sponsored gassing. They used to say that as, as high as Shane used to do a clean, if they could clean it with that much explosiveness, they would have been able to snatch that weight. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he's an Oklahoma guy who trained him. He's self-trained pretty much. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's how he developed that, that crazy style where he would just, uh, you know, just let go and uh, be able to bounce up with what incredible, you know, 950 pounds. He started off Rich, Rich, Rich Peters that ran all the meets from Nassau. He starts, Shane started off in Nassau. Before he switched over, right, right. All right, yeah. Shane was Shane was incredible. Listen, before we go any further, we should talk about Kirk because I think we're kind of getting along here. And we well, he's the him. he's the next one now. Uh, oh, must be. He's yeah. So Ed, this is so. When asked about, um, I saw an interview with you once. So somebody once asked you, "What's the scariest thing you saw in powerlifting?" And you immediately said Kirk Kowalski, <laughs> and I thought that was great. So he was, he was, uh, he's a, the wild man of uh, powerlifting. So talk a little bit about, I mean, you guys, did you have a good solid friendship back then? I know you guys oh, are yeah. pretty good Kirk, friends. Kirk, Kirk yeah. was crazy, but loyal. 
And yeah. I was the only one that could give him a look and make him stop any mischievous he was doing. Oh. <laughs> Although sometimes you encouraged it, but we'll do that in another show. Well, sometimes I wasn't there. Yeah, all right. All right. So, uh, you know, I can remember the first words you said the first time you met Kirk Kowalski. I had told Kirk, I said, all right, you're going to come down, you're going to meet Ed Cohn. He's like shaking like a leaf. So I went down and I can't remember. I think we were in one of those, remember those meets we used to lift in that crummy hotel? The casino? In Vegas? <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been one of those. Anyway, so here comes Kirk and you're standing next to me and you said, look at the legs on that kid. Yeah. This is the first word you said. That was about all he had at the time. He looked like a different person was walking on two giant legs. Yeah, he was was gonna said he was gonna do a world record here and there and there, yeah. blah, blah, blah. but he always he always ended up uh, overtraining or when he got to the big stage he fell apart. But yeah. that's just because he was young. When he got meat experience, I mean. Well, he had been encouraged to be a wild man, and he he had been a big man in the ADFPA. Yeah. So when he came to the NFL. It's like, well, those shenanigans don't really play over here, and uh, you're really not very strong. <clears throat> you might have an okay squat kind of borderline, but your deadlift and your bench sucks, and you're going to have to bring your game up if you want to play in these leagues. And he'd see guys like Willie Bell and Dave Jacoby and Thor Kritsky walking around and going, there's your competition, buddy. And, you know, you, you, know, you look like, uh, you know, some sort of mythical creature. Right. Yeah, and then uh, then you called me up and says, "Hey, what are we gonna do to help out Kirk?" <laughs> I'm begging you, help us out. And he would do it if it was easy because you would say, "I called Chicago, I talked to Ed." <laughs> Whether I had or not didn't matter, <clears throat> right? But we talked at the time. We were talking every week. Um, yeah. And, and he, he literally became a project, be, and only because he would do what we suggested, right? Yep. And because he did what we suggested, he changed, and he dug in, and it took him 10 years. Yeah, complete transformation. Uh, it took him 10 years. He worked a union job. He got himself a, a nice little condominium. Nothing came before lifting, not not women, not partying, not nothing. It was, you know, it wasn't a monk. I mean, when he did decide to party, watch out, right? Um, yeah. But he just got in the pocket and he just, that was the thing. And, and he was, um, he was on like a bulldog. Yeah. You know, I was going to say this last time we talked about him, but he was a really tough critic of himself. I remember sitting there watching videos with him in his townhouse or whatever, and he was like, Oh man, my right foot should have been, you know, moved in a little bit on that squat or wasn't deep enough. And, you know, I'm sitting and watching him do 900 for a triple and he's tearing that thing apart. You know, he was, uh, he was tough on himself. I think that that had a lot to do with his success. You have to be. Yeah. If you think you get any better. Yeah, exactly. And he, and wanted, you were he wanted to hang in the circles. He wanted to hang out with Ed Cohn and Doug Furness, you know what I mean? He wanted to, he wanted to belong in that league. Yes. And, uh, that was important. And he to did. Him. 
it took him a while. Yeah, yeah, it took him a while. Yeah, and we he got slapped around pretty hard there at the beginning, um, but 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 he hung in there, and uh, he had he had to get that that bench press and that deadlift off, man. Yeah. You know, and most guys can't do that. They keep playing to their strengths, playing to their strengths, playing to their strengths. Ed, you were always balanced in that way. You always had a good balance between the lifts. You know, you didn't let it get out of hand. Uh, seems like the guys with the giant lifts also end up hurting themselves. Ed was there for uh, the world record squad, the thousand and three pounds, right? Yep. So tell us a little bit about that day. What, what I, were you doing? I was, what, what I you was hurting a little bit at that meet. I had a little bit of a back issue at that meet, so I didn't uh -huh. go heavy. So when it came time for Kurt to squat, Marty was handling him, so I was just – I jumped in right with it. Okay. Helped wrap his knees, helped get mm -hmm. him going, and yeah. I yelled a lot. <clears throat> Check the plates out to make sure they're loose. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, that video, yeah. Uh, and said with, he and, 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 and with, yeah. with, with Cone around – was worth uh, 25 pounds in every lift. Just him, just him being present. In fact, I'll tell you a story that I've told many times before, but it bears retelling, is when Kirk was ready to miss a third attempt, and he told me before he missed it, because we I think we'd bombed out the previous year, he said, if I miss this attempt, I quit. And again, he insisted on squatting with the junior world record, 804. Missed the first one, three red lights. The second one, two red lights. Now we're down to the third attempt. Here we are again. He's going out for the third. He's sweating a little too hard. And I uh, look over in the front row and Doug Furness and Ed Coner just they're sitting next to each other. And for whatever reason, they're laughing. And so I jab Kirk and I say, Kirk, they're laughing at you because we're at the chalk box. Oh. <laughs> that took Kirk's game up like right there. It was like, oh, 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 he just, he just expanded, right? And he went out. He made that lift. It must have taken 15 seconds for him to complete that lift. Mike Lambert said it was the hardest lift he'd ever witnessed. It barely, barely, barely made it. And he got two white lights, right? Mm -hmm. So in one way, Ed, you're responsible for keeping Kirk in the game. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both you guys. He was, he was really going to quit, right? Well, who knows? But that's what he told me. He verbally said that, and, and he looked beaten. Uh, but that little, that little coaching cue on my part and that, him just happened to glance up, and you guys were laughing. I'm not going to laugh at you. He's like, what? what? Right? But it's the, like, they were actually, Ed, I think we talked about this last time. You guys were actually, it was nothing related to Kirk, right? It was like a joke or something. Oh, no, it was nothing no, related to Kirk. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't even know Kirk was there. Right. They, they didn't even right. look at Kirk. I, no, I, I didn't, I, we don't need Ed to tell us that. Ed, I could tell so, that we had nothing to do with Kirk. So when does laughing. Kirk When does Kirk find out that that wasn't, they weren't laughing at him? Oh, I don't know. Some Sometime in the future. I don't know. He's, he's going to know now. <laughs> Oh, he's known before that. <laughs> yeah, he knows. No, he he'd give me a high five because if we hadn't have done that, he would have he would have made that lift without that extra little bit of nitrous oxide, adrenaline, whatever that psychological boost at the very 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 precise time. If he had not had that, he would not have made that lift. No, so no, that was and it only lasts so long too. You got to wait till right before they're gonna hit it. Exactly. So yeah. So, which one of you? Which one of you guys squatted over a thousand first? He did. 
He did. The first time he tried it, he missed it. And I had missed like a 986 or something at the Nationals in 91. And that's when he says, ha ha, I missed more than you did. <laughs> so then you came back, you finally did it. Now, when you hit it, was it, and we, we've talked about this, Marty's written about this before. Sometimes when you get your, you know, your ultimate goal, your ultimate lift, it's anticlimactic. Now, was it that way for you or were you just totally, you know, jazzed about it? No, I, I went on the, I, I had another meet where I hit a pretty easy 1019. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I had, I had a lot more in the tank, but I mean, that's just what you call for the day. Yeah. Uh, that was to beat uh, Hatfield's 1014. Yeah. And the, when you hit the thousand, <clears throat> similar to how you and Doug got Kirk fired up, I think Kaz being there lifted your game to the next level. I think it really um, helped Kaz, having, Kaz having was there you. For my ten nineteen, uh, he was there at the thousand. No, the thousand was in Vegas. Ken, uh, Kaz wasn't there. I, you can fact check me. I don't have to. I don't already know I'm right. Um, what what weight were you when you hit the ten nineteen? Were you two forty two? No, I was. I was. Yeah. Well, actual body weight, I was like two thirty six. Okay. Damn man. Crazy. Would you bench? Would you bench? Did you bench? Uh, five seventy three or five seventy eight that day. Yeah, I missed the yeah. five ninety five or five eighty nine or something. Right. 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 Hmm. I remember because I didn't like the benches. The benches were too squishy. So I went when I went to push, I pushed a little bit more off one side, so I kind of squished over to one side, and I missed it because I was uneven and just couldn't lock out a side. God, just standardized stuff, right? Yeah. So anyway, well, get swinging back to Kirk. He's um, unique personality. I think his psych, I think his psychology really worked in his favor. I think that he was able to draw on crowds, whether it was in training, especially in competition. He was uh, electrifying, and he drew yes. on that energy, and he created that energy. Yeah, he he drew on a lot of electricity off the crowd, and it worked for him. Um, yeah. With you, I don't think it would matter whether you lifted in a darkened room. You, you know, I mean, it's your 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 like Dorian. You, you know, you just seem to be. Uh, more, it's more like a military campaign than it is. You yeah, know, it's like, so, you know, this is what I did in training. These are my attempts. This is what I will do. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Kirk, it's every time you go with Kirk, it's Woodstock. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you, guys, you guys talk much lately or? No, but the one thing I know is that Kirk will never change. He'll always be Kirk. I don't have to worry about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as we keep him healthy, um, yeah. he, he's unique, and and uh, we don't we don't want him to change. He's uh, no, he's a loyal guy. If he's your friend, he's your friend. He's not going to change. And um, he's uh, he's the best possible Kirk. Um, he really is. Somebody's got to be the rock stars, right? And True. he's just, he's just so, so good at it. He's just like, uh, you know, the guy who's just a natural front man and he has no problem getting out there and doing it. And, and he still has it. Um, we've had some 
training sessions over the past year where he's still, you know, the guys are just electrified when, when he lives. Yeah, he, uh, he's like our version of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, our, our Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> Did he talk about doing anything after he retired? Like, you know, some of these guys have gone into wrestling and done different things, but uh, did he mention that? Not to me. No. They didn't? No. I think he knew his role, and when it was when it, time is up, you yeah. kind of know it, and your body's a little tired. It doesn't want to do that shit anymore. Yeah. And you and, just and, have to accept it. And he es escaped without any horrible injuries. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's, he's, he's rolling on. So where are we at on time? How are we doing, boys? Well, we've been going a while. I mean, we could go ahead and wrap it up. He was our last guy. I mean. Cool. Um, Do we forget anybody, Eddie, that, that you wanted to mention? Is there anybody that, that, that we missed that you that impressed you? And I would have a fi final question to you when you're. From from the old days, uh, geez, I don't know. You know, I I didn't know much about Waddington. Um, I know he's still alive, and I know he's still in Ohio. I'm friends with him on Facebook now. How about Ernie? Um, I never I never really talked to Vince Mello ever, just to say hi and stuff. And he was always super nice. Right. Um. Ernie. Uh, Ernie's still kicking. He just had a little heart procedure or something done last year, but he's doing really, really well. And he's he like went, 85 or so. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's 100 years old. He's doing great, right? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, here's my final question to you. Out of all the great lifters that you've seen and taking yourself out of the equation, who do you vote for as the, maybe the, and it could be the single most impressive lifter over their career or it could be the single most impressive performance or maybe i'll ask you both what is the single most impressive performance the thing that you saw in person that went damn and it could be a lift or it could be you know a lifter um a couple of the younger guys now really impress the shit out of me even with the uh the deadlift bars and all the extra stuff um uh, Belkin from Russia. What's, what is he pulling? Uh, mid nine sometimes. Oh, he has that. the right bar. What's the body weight? Uh, 230 or so, 230 something. Love that. That's like son of Ed Cohn. Yeah, he's, he's a great lifter. Um, I don't think a lot of these guys can hold on to the bar if it was a regular bar. But uh, you, can't argue with the, you can't argue that they're strong as hell. Uh, and, and, and they should be doing 950 when somebody did 900 in one. I'm sorry, what year? Uh, 91. And, well, this is 2020. Yeah. There's, a, there, there's another kid named Kaylor Woolham, and he's a tall, uh, much more uh, streamlined guy. And uh, he doesn't have a big squat at all because, I mean, obviously he's, he's built a deadlift. Um, but uh, – and uh, – he pulls uh, deep into the nines too, and you never expect it. He he has, he has a fucking really wide shoulders and a big, strong, muscular back. And I care more if the, when I meet good lifters or great lifters if they're nice. And most of these guys are really, really nice. 
Well, if you're rude to Ed Cohn, you probably need to be committed to a mental institution. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're a blifter. Uh, niceness, niceness shouldn't depend on who I am. It's just, uh, and, and a lot of times you get I know, out of it what you put in yourself. Ed, I know it shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm it does. A, I'm only a dick to you, Marty, so it's okay with me. Hey, hey, Ed. Do you think um, do you think strength has plateaued in humans? I mean, do do you think we can go a little bit further? Do you think we can go? Yeah. Oh no, right, a bit further. Go, we we can go we can go a little bit further, but not much. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think too. It 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 matters with the guy that you know. Once in a while, you see guys coming up with different genetics and and um, you know different advantages and things like that, uh, circumstances. But you're right. Some, I think sometimes sometimes they they max out their genetics um, with these incredible lifts, much to your dismay. It's like with that kind of training or the way his technique is, how the hell does he do that? And it's just, you know, everyone's made up different on the inside. Right. right. And that's one of the biggest things. I mean, you look back at a, a Lamar Gant with, you know, his back the way it was and the way he, uh, he did the deadlift and he was one of the best deadlifters around. Um, just, yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah. Everybody's everybody is their own person has their own genetics, but it, it all comes down to what's inside, doesn't it? Your 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 psych, your your thinking, yeah. your and, and it depends on like uh, just uh, uh, physiologically on the inside. Yeah, I mean, just an, a little angle difference of, of your hips could make a difference from flat shoes to Olympic shoes to a high bar yeah. squat, a wide squat, a low bar yeah. squat, a whatever it is. That's How you right. put your toes even. Right, right, right. And, and that's, that's the good coaching. And we do have technical archetypes. We do have technical ideals, you know, and yeah, we make allowances for obviously if you're a uh, long torso and short leg, like myself and Ed, right? You, you have certain technical limitations if you're, you know, long leg, short torso, whatever. But whatever your structural alignment is, is that you, you can attain optimal biomechanical leverage, which is really what you want. Yes, you have guys that come up. For example, uh, Lawrence Taylor, the ex-giant linebacker, supposedly can consistently hit the golf ball 400 yards with the worst technique ever seen on a human, <laughs> right? Which is yeah. 70, 75 yards further than Tiger Woods. So whose style do we copy? We don't copy Lawrence Taylor. Right, yeah. you copy Ed Cohn, you know, you, you copy, and Ed, you had, you had pristine technique because you for had me. to, but, but, but it was, but you, yes, exactly for you, but it was pristine. It was technically perfect. Yeah. How does it, how does it feel and how does it look? If it looks and feels good, then it's good. Don't change it. Uh, yeah. And are you not hurting yourself? Yeah. Do you think if you were lifting today, you could have taken your yourself further, your lifts and things, with all the, I probably the, the been, science I probably and everything? Push more, but yeah. But the pushing I I encountered was just all put on myself to what I could max out my own body. I I enjoyed the training part more than I did competing. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's one of the things that we want to ask you too. That's that's good information because uh, would you retroactively change anything about your training? Uh, just a, a little bit in the way I peaked, maybe. Right. But but the general template is like, no, no, no we're fine. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Mm. 
Stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. great info. And we always love having you come on. We really appreciate it. Oh, no. Um, I, you guys are great. What, what do you want to uh, plug out there? What do you What do you got going on? Uh, actually, in, in, a, in a, a little more than a week, I'm having the first Ed Cohen Classic in Omaha, Nebraska. Right. Well, how does that work? Uh, a friend of mine, Brett Carter, that owns Omaha Barbell, has a, a really nice gym, unbelievably equipped. And him and his wife, Amber, are some of the best people I know. And uh, he came to me. I did some seminars for him. And he came to me like three years in a row wanting to know if I ever thought about it. And I always brushed it off. And then I said, okay. And his eyes lit up. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be really cool. Have gift bags for people. Have, you know, six, seven grand in cash for the lifters. Have a lot of fun and meals afterwards. His, his gym is a really good-sized gym. And he, his, his back doors, the, you know, the, the giant doors that you Still there? I got you. I'm back. Something happened. Uh, yep. What happened? I'm here. I don't know. Ed, did you lose? Did you lose me? Yeah, something happened. Okay, so you were talking about the the venue, the roll up doors that you drive the truck through. Is there um, is there any tickets available still? Are they selling tickets? Oh, I imagine you just show up. Now, where's it? Uh, where's Omaha it? Omaha Barbell in Omaha, Nebraska. Great, Omaha. Great. Okay. I'm sure you guys. I'm sure they have fabulous steak restaurants out there and i'm sure yeah. that, the, that it's a great vibe and i'm sure i wish we had known about this a little bit earlier we would have been happy to like plug this thing up well it was on we, facebook and on instagram but good, uh, i know good, how yeah. social media yeah and again the time yeah again the timing the timing oh yeah we hey man i've got the uh, internet thing down i've got the uh, email thing down i'm a master of that now yeah uh -huh. Yeah, and I'm, I'm uh, talking to you guys. And, and Stacey, cell phone. Marty has a cell phone now. Stacy yeah. made me get a cell phone. So. Actually, it's really not used. It's registered under Stacy. That's what you <laughs> pop up at. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, it is. Stacy Gallagher, so we know who the box for is. Yeah. Ed, you're doing a lot of different seminars and things like that. Do you ever do any personal type training or coaching? Anything not like too that? much. If, so, if someone asks me if I'm going to be in town, if I'll, if I'll, you know, spend a couple hours with them. I'll, I'll take them on usually, but for the most part, I'm pretty meticulous and hands-on with what I do. So, um, right. not yeah. a lot, a lot of times on like Instagram, people send me a ton of videos that I, I analyze for them and give them a couple of clips. I could do that in a few seconds for free. I answer a lot of questions for people on free on Instagram. Um, because I, right now I, I would just have to spend too much time, um, Right. And it, I would have to charge them too much, I think. So I'd just rather do a little bit of for free. Yeah, that's cool. And you're very active on your Instagram. You're always posting and, you know, uh, replying back to people and things. I, yeah, I, see I don't, that, so. I don't, I don't post a lot of personal stuff as far as, you know, what yeah. kind of underwear I'm wearing today or my shoe, my shoelaces are made from, you know, whoever. Do you have your breakfast photo? Fuck. No. 
You need you need to shoot a photo of your breakfast and post it. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to set it up right, wipe wipe the plate, and then say whether you're uh, on a paleo, keto, low carb, carnivore. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm so lucky I don't live in that world. Go ahead. That's it. All right. And if anybody wants to hire Marty or, or Jim, yeah, they we're can. Uh, we're cheap. Get a, yeah, way cheaper than uh, probably Ed Cohen, I would say. <laughs> yeah. You, you well, guys you know, are the, you get, the bargain you get coaches. What you pay for, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> Deservedly. <laughs> get, Marty, Marty says you get what you pay for. Hey, hey even, a, <laughs> even, a, even a small percentage of Ed Cohen is good. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it myself. I don't care. Well, so if you want to start with Jim Steele or Marty Gallagher and, and, and work your way up to work Ed Cohen, your way down. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can contact them through our website. If you need any commercial gym equipment, home equipment, power bars, strength equipment, uh, rubber flooring, go to ironcompany.com. And, and maybe at the end of the year, we'll all get together and have a really cool big seminar. Yeah, that would be good. Seriously. That'd Why don't you guys good. come down to Texas? We'll have some barbecue after I mean, that I seminar. Back. I mean, where, I, we, where are you we, at in Texas? Uh, it's, it's a little town called Flower Mound. It's uh, right above Dallas, North Dallas. Okay. I got some, cool. If you're I ever could, out this I way, could, I got good get, barbecue. I could, get, I could get Josh Bryant to join us too then. Yeah. Oh, okay. awesome. He's a local. Yep. yep. And, he's got, and he's got a swimming pool and an open bar. Yep. Uh, uh, he used to do a lot of traveling with Fred in Fred's later years, and they used to be buddies and doing a bunch of seminars all the way from, like, China and other places they went to. Oh, my God. Uh, no, thanks on that. I'll pass on that. Right? JP, we're yeah, having Josh, No, Josh is a great, great, great trainer. Now, look, Ed, we wanna, I want to plant this bee in your bonnet before we take off. Uh, Kirk has asked that in the future what we do – is we have a show where we have you on with Kirk and us. So yeah. if it's technologically possible, we'd like to make that happen. That should prove to be very interesting. Um, you know what, Marty? We, sh we should save that and get together and do it on video. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen the the cable show drunken history <laughs> no they... but it kind of sounds like you and kurt's ex-life <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah that's what it would turn into to be drunk okay drunken See, i would be the guy that would buy the drinks just so i could tell the stories later. oh all right let me tell one quick one let me tell one quick one before we go here's a good one i just remembered do you remember the time after uh, it was one of the apf meets where you and Doug got uh, Buddy Duke so drunk because you guys were- Yeah, I have pictures of it. Oh, my we're, God. We're all singing karaoke. Yes, and, and, he, and you, he was drinking the real thing, but you guys were like throwing down water or throwing- Yeah, we were throwing shots of water, and Buddy didn't get it at the time because Doug has never had a, sh a, a drink in his whole life. Right. And even we had Doug- we had Doug doing shots too, but we had all water, and Buddy had had a uh, uh, the real thing, uh, vodka or tequila or something. Yeah, it kept going and going and going, and he kept slurring worse and worse and worse. He yeah, had a, we, he we had were a, out there in North Carolina, and we we sang, we sang uh, <coughs> "Stand by Your Man." A whole bunch of us guys, 
what I'll do, Marty, is I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take a picture today of that picture, yeah. that 8 by 10 and I'll email it to you. Oh, yeah, we need that. We need that. Oh, my God, that was a, that when, was a when, when Buddy got back to Adel, Georgia, he only had some change in his pocket after he paid for his parking. And he had to drive or and he, uh, to Atlanta, and then he had to drive to Adel in, you know, a million-degree weather. And all he, all he had was like a, a, a Diet Coke or something to drink. And when he got back, he was so sick still that I was visiting Doug. And Buddy found out about our joke that we pulled on him. And there was a message on Doug's machine back in Tennessee in Knoxville. And it was a whole bunch of mumbling. Then you heard, the South shall rise again. And that was Buddy Duke. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. We got some other times we'll tell. We'll have to keep Kirk in line though. We can't contact him on Saturday morning. And, <laughs> right. and why well, uh, is that still still time for that's cartoon Saturday still? Well, well, kind of. Sort of the kickoff for the right. the week the weekend festival. Okay. I hate to ask if there's anything else. I mean, we, no, we're no, already we're, we're, good. we're good. We're good. We're good. Two hours. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. We're good. All right. Ed, thank you so much. It's great. That's awesome, Thanks, man. Guys. We appreciate it, man. Until okay. next time, be safe. Yes, All sir. Right, Talk soon. Thanks. Thank Bye. you, guys. All right.